I think in totality of all of America or maybe the world, when I look at auto racing, it seems like the dirt super late models are like the greatest thing in racing. They're just, it's just skyrocketing. It's everything's better. It's more money to win. Uh, am I wrong or right? Or just comment on that. No, I think you're right. I mean, the, I think, and I don't even think it's just dirt late models. I mean, we did the dirt million last year at Eldora for the late models this and year. And you're on Eldora. <laughs> yeah. Forgot about that one too. <laughs> we're doing a million dollar to win wing sprint car race this year. So dirt races, they're going through the roof. I mean, uh, Jackson, Minnesota is doing a 250,000 to win wing sprint car race. Um, you know, the purses are getting higher and higher and higher in short track racing, which is great, but it has to. The technology in the dirt late models is way out of control now. I mean, Kevin Rumley is the guy that that really started revolutionizing modern late models now to where they're at. The but Ray Abraham of dirt. Yes, exactly. That's exactly the best way you could say it. But he is he has taught these guys, you know, our world, we learned about downforce. We didn't think anything about side force. And then when we learned about side force, it was a game changer in, in NASCAR racing. Well, now they brought that technology to dirt late model racing and you watch cars. I, I literally remember, and this might've been five years ago, even I remember watching Jonathan Davenport, at the world 100 got the lead and was driving off from the field. He caught the back of the pack and couldn't pass the last place car. Yeah. It was so air dependent that it was no different than what we complained about as drivers in the cup series and what you see in IndyCar and formula one about being air dependent. So uh, it really shows how the technology has changed in, in the dirt late model world. Sprint cars are the same way always have been because of the big wings on top, but um, wing sprint cars, dirt late models, and even the modifieds. Now, I mean, I sat there and looked at the car. Uh, I was watching the broadcast, uh, watching Kyle Larson win in Justin Allgaier's car at Eldora. Yeah, Tuesday me night. too. And I looked at that thing in victory lane and I'm like, man, 15 years ago, that would have been the most cheated up race car you've ever seen in your life. But it was brilliant. I'm looking at it. I'm like, that was, that was done really nice. That was done really nice. That was done really nice. And I'm just watching it on the computer. But then you watch the car go around the racetrack and you're like, yeah, that's why it drives nice too, because of how good a job Justin and his crew and his team have done at building a car that is totally illegal um the right it, side was beautiful oh it's i mean you <laughs> it's at it work. <laughs> we know what we're looking at when you and i look at it and we're like that's pretty damn sexy right there i mean that's that's getting it done yeah so um you talk about you and i watching the races um six ten years ago myself and bob Sargent were driving up interstate 55 north and we're trying to figure out if flow or dirt vision streaming is good for the sport What's your opinion on, uh, you know, all the new streaming sites? Uh, well, Dirt Vision started it with the sprint cars and, and then went to the late models and the big blocks. And then here came Flow Sports. Yeah. And they have revolutionized and it's been a game changer for short track racing. Uh, not only just short track racing, I mean, they're now moving into drag racing. Um, you name it, they're in it. And, and when I first, when somebody first said, flow i said okay well what is it and they said well you just got to kind of look i mean there's everything from marching band competitions yeah. and, and <laughs> yeah. started with three guys and two of the brothers one was a wrestler and one was in track and field 
So they, I mean, they do high school track and field, high school wrestling, college track and field, college wrestling, and everything in between, jiu-jitsu, you name it, they cover it. If it's sports, they're covering it. And uh, to bring the motorsports aspect, I mean, Mark and his staff have totally changed the game of how fans have the opportunity to watch races. We all, you know, you live in St. Louis, I live in Indiana or Arizona, depending on what half of the country we're on racing that weekend, but we can't drive to all these racetracks, but we have the ability to go to a track and at the same time on our phone, be watching another race when, when there's downtime. So we have the ability to enjoy more and more and more motorsports and it's all cataloged. So you can go back and watch it for flow to do what they've done to give the fans an opportunity for $150 a year to have all of their content. I mean, if you want to watch, if you're like, Oh, I bought it for the racing, but yeah, my kids into, you know, my five-year-olds into the softball. Yeah. Look, they, you can watch it and all of it. And, and it's crazy. And, and I think flow has really been a game changer. I, I, I love what they're doing. Um, you know, it's kind of created a storm in, in our sport though. The, the, the track operators and owners are fearful that because of that, people aren't going to come to the racetrack. Well, if you live in Skagit, Washington, you're not coming Tuesday night to Eldora. Right. You still watch it. Right. So I, I don't feel like it hurts the tracks and I hope it doesn't hurt the tracks as bad uh, as we, as we are talking about. Um, but it's great for the teams. It's great for the drivers. It gets them that exposure. Um, you know, it really helps showcase their talent and stuff. So we, as owners and team owners and series owners, we get to watch these young and up and coming guys and, it's hard to sit there and go, well, yeah, I don't know anything about him. Well, yeah, I got to see him Tuesday night, or I can go back and pull up a race and watch him run. That's that's stuff we didn't have access to years ago. So I, I'm a big fan of it right now. Yeah, I, I think it's good, too, because we don't have to rely. Listen, we always say we want everybody at the racetrack. But yes, and we still do. I mean, that's that is the most important thing. What people don't realize is that it's an ecosystem. And for all this to work, you can't just sit at home and watch watch it on on streaming and, and this to be sustainable, you still have to go to the racetrack. You got to support your local tracks because you got uh, co companies like Copark that are going in and buying racetracks left and right. And the reason they're doing that is because they can bring all their cars there and they don't, they don't have to worry about EPA because just about every racetrack's got oil and stuff in the dirt and it, it's an EPA nightmare, uh, but they can buy the property because it's already that way. So uh, they go in and they're shutting racetracks down to expand their business. They don't care about motorsports. They just care about building their. I never sport. knew this. This is interesting. Yeah, this is something Mike Joy pointed out to me. Copart is a big factor in buying up a lot of racetracks that are struggling right now. And uh, you know, it's for these track operators and owners that are struggling. It's it's yeah. a it's a way out for them, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's shutting down racetracks across the country because. Like Legendary Boyd's just shut down. Yeah, and Copart is buying a lot of these racetracks and, and turning them into salvage yards. Wow, I never knew that. Mistakenly, you have reminded me everything you're doing, my Lord. Eldora, sprint cars, drag cars, cup cars. It's unbelievable. Congratulations on all your success. Congratulations on, once again, uh, being one of the greatest race car drivers to ever live with NASCAR 75. But there's so much more to you than that. Well, I, I appreciate all that. Thank you so much. Um, and I, I would, anytime you call, I, I've done your brother's podcast. And uh, when you, yeah. when you sent me the message, I'm like, 
apps. I, I didn't know what my schedule was the rest of the week at the initially, but I'm like, yeah, I'm 100% all in doing this with you. But I'd say one of the proudest moments of my life and in, in my years of NASCAR, and I can't take all the credit. Kenny Schrader gets a lot of the credit as well. Kenny Schrader and I talking you into getting into dirt track racing. Yeah. And getting you in dirt cars and, and then a whole new Kenny Wallace came out of his shell mm. and to see that and be a part of that. That's probably one, what I, one of my greatest accomplishments in motorsports is introducing you to dirt track racing and getting you hooked on it. Uh, I know saved my life. that I'm proud of that. Um, seeing you, you know, I was working the track at, at Tulsa at the chili bowl and seeing you in a midget the first time, you helped me. There was no happier moment. I was like a proud father watching you every <laughs> I was switching the wheel too much. You yeah, helped me. But you were learning. And, and uh, but just the fact that here, your background was always pavement racing and NASCAR racing. And we got you into something that, that you've really became passionate and happy with. And to see that in you uh, truly has made me happy as your friend to see you enjoying dirt track racing and other forms of motorsports like we do. I'm smiling from ear to ear. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that. We won that. We won your 2005 Prelude of the Dream. And I, I ran my ass off trying to catch you, and you just drove away. And I had Don O'Neill as my crew chief that night. And he was so, I won't say he was mad at me, but he was frustrated. And I'm like, Don, I tried everything I've ever learned in a race car to catch him. I, I said, I know this track better than anybody in the field. I said, I, I did everything in my power and he just ran a perfect race. There was, the, he never made a mistake and, and you didn't, you ran every lap flawlessly. So we, we, you looked at me in victory lane. You said, what was that all about? I think I said to you, maybe I should have been a dirt racer. <laughs> I thought it was like an out of body experience for you. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. But man, it, it, like I said, though, I mean, the, I wish the fans and, and the fans know you now for who you are and, and how, uh, they know your personality and you've always had that personality, but to see you smile and how much fun you're having, you have broke out of the shell and the shadow of your brothers. I, I know you always say you're the third brother, but you're not, you're, you're your own man and, and you're, you're your own Wallace. You have built that. So uh, you need to embrace that and start embracing it because you, you're not Rusty's brother. You're not Mike's brother. You're by God, you're Kenny damn Wallace. And you, you're you, man. I mean, you made a huge impact on so many people. I needed that. That was great therapy. Tony, listen, thank you so much. 